In 1932, African-American men in Alabama were recruited to be part of an experiment on untreated syphilis. They weren't told that was the goal, and many of them received ineffective treatment or none at all. Deirdre Cooper Owens teaches about the experiment in her classes at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and her students are always surprised when they learned the experiment continued for decades. I often tell my students when I teach them about Tuskegee, I said it ended in 1972. I was born in 1972, right? And so they're like, what? This, this happened in the late 20th century. I'm like, it ended in, the, in 1972. The Tuskegee experiment is just one example of the nation's troubling history of discrimination in healthcare. This is Faculty 101, five things about medical racism. Deirdre Cooper Owens is the Charles and Linda Wilson Professor in the History of Medicine and Director of the Humanities in Medicine program at UNL. Her book, Medical Bondage, explores the health and medical experiences of enslaved women. Cooper Owens speaks about racism at medical schools all over the country. A quick production note, because of COVID-19 safety precautions, we interviewed Cooper Owens on Zoom and outdoors, so the audio from the interview is sometimes not quite up to our standards. And once in a while, you'll hear the sound of someone singing. That's a music student who is practicing outdoors. Number one, medical racism is a problem that existed throughout history and continues today. It fuels the distrust of African-Americans about COVID-19 vaccinations. So yes, there is a, a distrust, but just because African-Americans hold this belief doesn't mean that the practices align with the belief. So what does that mean? That means that they're still going to the doctors. They're still making their appointments. Um, it's just when they have these, these kinds of expectations that they might not be treated well, or their symptoms might be ignored because they're thought to be um, dishonest about their pain, or perhaps there's a belief that somehow they're overusing, indulging, you know, abusing drugs. Um, I mean, just uh, all manner of things, you know, you still have this distrust. Number two, communities of color in this country are being hit hard by the coronavirus pandemic. Black people tend to be disproportionately poor. They also do the frontline work. In addition to sometimes you go into places and you are not treated respectfully or given um, the kinds of uh, care, medication that you need. It literally was the perfect uh, recipe for disaster when it came to black communities, brown communities. And in the Midwest, I think we see this in Indian country, in particular with the Navajo Nation. Number three, medical racism plays a role in the nation's dismal record of maternal health disparities. African-American women are three to four times more likely in the country to die or have complications in childbirth more than any other group. Now, the sad thing is in certain metropolises in New York, in LA, that number can sometimes get as high as eight times the national figures. If you're from a place where I grew up in rural South Carolina for high school, I graduated in 1990. In 1990, Williamsburg County Hospital in South Carolina, which is a very small town, closed its maternity ward. To this day, there's one OBGYN, and if you want to have a child, that means if you have access to a car, you have to drive to the next county or the next city, which is almost 40 miles away. 
All of these are factors that contribute to this black maternal health crisis, in addition to, unfortunately, people believing racial fictions like black people have thicker skin or don't experience pain um, during illness or childbirth or, you know, when they come in and say, wait, I'm, I'm really in pain, I have sickle cell. No, you don't, you want opiates because you're drug users. And, you know, historically, black people have used um, illegal narcotics less than any other group. But some of the racial fictions around that, even though the, st the statistics show otherwise, are that they're trying to gain the system. Um, and so all of these factors are coming into play. And so what I am thankful and hopeful about is that medical institutions, um, medical organizations like the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists are finally saying, okay, we have to change this because the numbers are dismal. We should not be the most dangerous country in the developed world for women of color to have children. Like we have got to change those stats. And so they've been hard at work at trying to reverse those numbers. Number four, when Cooper Owens speaks to medical students, she helps build a new generation of professionals who are more aware of racism and discrimination in healthcare. I can educate people. I can provide context. And that's the wonderful thing about being a historian. It's not about big names and dates and those kinds of things. It's how do I help someone understand the context so that they are now equipped with the most accurate information that they have um, to be able to make better and smarter choices. And number five, Cooper Owen's research and scholarship have garnered attention across the country and affected popular culture. Her book, Medical Bondage, was used as a reference for Lovecraft Country, an HBO series that explores racism in the United States. The fact of the matter is someone in Hollywood, someone in HBO paid attention and they were able to weave this into an entertaining story um, based on the past, based on something that's factual. So that, that was really, really quite enjoyable for the few moments before I had to go great again. <laughs> that's Faculty 101, Five Things with Deirdre Cooper Owens. Faculty 101 is produced by the University of Nebraska-Lincoln.